Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Learning to Lead podcast. Uh, this month I had the privilege to sit down with my friend Brian Cabarney, and it was a fantastic interview. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Brian, and then uh, I'll read his bio for you, and then I'll tell you how I got to know him and what you'll get out of this interview, and then we'll jump right into it. So, um, Brian is actually the founder and president of Clear Brands, which is a creative strategy firm focused on enabling private market businesses to powerfully communicate their brand and to grow their revenues. Prior to starting Clear Brands, Brian worked in senior positions at Barton, Denmarsh, and Esteban, and Brady Communications, where he led and managed corporate rebranding initiatives for large public companies. Brian studied communication design at Edinburgh University. Uh, he's a seasoned strategic facilitator. He is trained in compression planning and the DeBono thinking systems. Brian's married to his wife, Shelly, who is his high school sweetheart, who is also a potter and a homeschool teacher, and they have three children, and together they enjoy camping, fly fishing, and long retreats on Bald Head Island. And uh, Brian's just a fantastic guy. I got to know Brian through my experience through serving leaders and my um, leadership uh, collaborative, and Actually, through that experience, Brian and another gentleman have actually continued our experience. We meet probably once a month. We try to meet every month. Uh, sometimes it's every two months, depending on our schedules. And we just get together for lunch and really try to encourage each other and challenge each other on things that we're working through and working on. And Brian has been a huge encouragement to me in those uh, in those times. And he's also challenged me in some things as well. And I've just really, really enjoyed um, becoming friends with him, really, and just going through life together. And so... Um, I thought after talking to him, getting to know him, I had to include him on an interview for the podcast. And uh, after I interviewed him, I definitely am glad I did. He he added a ton of value to my life through the interview, and I think he'll add a lot to yours as well. Um, I will note that you may hear birds in the background. We actually I interviewed Brian at his house, out on his deck, and uh, the recorder picked up some some nature sounds. And so if you hear nature, I apologize for that. I'm actually working on getting better equipment, uh, recording wise. So it's a better quality. And so hopefully uh, in future episodes, you won't hear birds in the background. But I really, really think you'll enjoy this interview. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you'll especially enjoy it. Uh, one reason I really enjoyed this because of Brian's background. You'll hear a little bit about Brian's story. But um, Brian wasn't a great student in high school. And uh, he said that he had ADD. And I feel very, very, when he shares his story about that, uh, I, it really hit home with me. I didn't do well in high school. I feel like I have ADD as well. And uh, Brian really talks about how he's journeyed through that and actually honed his ADD and honed his gifts and, and passions. And has, it's an ultimately enabled him to be a successful entrepreneur. Uh, he's also uh, a master of marketing. And so he really excels at uh, helping companies really communicate what they're all about and really discovering what they're all about. He, he calls it discovering their one nail. And if you're a young leader listening to this, um, he really has some great advice on finding your one nail. What are you supposed to focus on? How can you find out what you're supposed to do with your life, what your one nail is? And so I think you'll really be encouraged in that. So the whole podcast is gold. I encourage you to grab a pen and a paper and get ready to take some notes and enjoy this interview. And uh, thanks again for listening. I always appreciate you um, and your feedback. I get a lot of feedback from you guys via email and messages. And if there's anything else that you would like me to talk about uh, in future episodes or if there's any other leaders that you would like me to interview or have suggestions, I'd love to hear them or suggestions on how the podcast could be better. All of those things are great. So I'd appreciate it if you can give uh, me any feedback. And 
as always, uh, ways you can help me if this has benefited you. If you could actually rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that really helps me and helps the podcast. And uh, and again, giving feedback. I love to hear feedback. So if it's helping you, let me know that um, because that's why I do it is ultimately to help you. So enjoy this interview and I'll see you next month. Brian, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I'm excited to interview you. It's been a, an honor to know you, and I'm um, looking forward to, to everything you have to offer. But why don't we start with uh, just telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, and what you're passionate about. Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Doug. I, I am uh, a father of three. Um, I have a 17-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter and a 5-year-old son, and um, I have a lovely wife, Shelly. We've been together for almost 27 years. Wow. Uh, we were high school sweethearts and so we've we've kind of grown up together um, I'm an entrepreneur I run my own company and um, I work close to home as you can tell I mean I'm, uh, my office is 500 feet from the house so it's uh, it's kind of a nice setup for us um, passion wise for me um, I'm passionate about helping clients uh, our clients are entrepreneurs uh, who are uh, running privately held companies and really are aspiring to grow those companies and to communicate their value proposition to the market more effectively. So I love helping to um, help them achieve clarity and uh, to really strengthen and put out there in the market what makes them great. So that's a good motivator for me. Uh, my other passions, of course, are uh, my family and seeing them grow and uh, help, helping to encourage that growth in any way I can. That's awesome. So uh, walk us through your entrepreneurial journey. I've gotten the privilege to know you over the past year a little bit. Uh, we even had lunch today, and I know that your childhood was didn't really have you on, on pace to, to doing great things. So talk a little yeah. bit about how you got to where you are, what were you like growing up, and uh, yeah. that's it. You and I talked today at lunch about the power of measuring backwards and looking at where I've come from. Um, you know, day to day, sometimes it's, it feels defeating because I'm, I have high aspirations and um, sometimes I feel like I'm not getting as far and as fast as I'd like. But when I look back at where I was as a kid, just in school, and where I've ended up today, it's it's a miracle, I think. Um, I was not a good student. I, I had, at the time, and I still do today, I had attention deficit disorder, but I, we didn't know what that was back then. It was just, uh, this kid doesn't listen, so we got a lot of poor <laughs> progress reports of, you know, does not listen, but um, I had wonderful parents that loved me dearly and really pushed and encouraged me, and um, thankfully, um, you know, through their faith and, and encouragement in me and just, the, I think, the grace of God, I, I found my wife, Shelley. I knew the minute I saw her that she was going to be the woman I was going to hmm. marry. And what grade were you in? I know you said you were high school I, I was like 16 when oh we met. Oh, so, That's awesome. Yeah, we, um, and she was 15, wow. you know, so it was definitely childhood sweethearts. But So, yeah, I was not a great student, but I had instrumental people in my life that helped um, just nurture me and pull me through. Um, and I managed to get into college. And um, I, I, I really fell in love with communications. Um, and um, I was an artist, you know, in school because I wasn't great at a lot of it, at much. So art I was good at, and my parents encouraged it. So that was like the, the wedge that got me in to school. So I ended up pursuing a career in marketing and communications and um, really had a great opportunity to work for some top firms and um, learned what I liked about that business and what I wanted to see change and be different. And per specifically, I wanted to 
to work more directly with visionaries, uh, owners of companies who had high high goals and wanted a communicator and an advisor to help them achieve those goals through communication and, and branding. So that's what's led me to where I am today. And, you know, the irony is uh, a kid that um, with ADD who was always penned as someone who does not listen um, – Today, one of I think one of my greatest attributes is is my ability to listen to clients, mm. and and I actually found that ADD is a strength when it's channeled. Mm. You know, when you're doing what you love, ADD is hot, hot, people with ADD, which most of my clients, most of my entrepreneurs were misfits. Hmm. Um, they're highly focused in what they're good at. So, um, I guess that's a that's a a full circle um, irony of where I've ended up hmm. is that. A big part of my job is really listening, um, and once I've done a good job listening, I can take action for my clients. Did you always know you wanted to start your own business? I mean, you worked for those other firms. Were you like, were you always going for that, or is that something that you had some experience? You're like, maybe I'll take a shot. Yeah, um, not until college. Um, the latter part of my college years, um, I really started to feel those tugs, and uh, so I knew I needed to get experience. And so the first uh, couple jobs I worked in, I. Um, I had those urges, and they just got, they grew more and more. And so, probably about my tenth year into just about my tenth year into my career, um, I made the leap with you know. And I didn't want a night turn and build clients behind my my employer's back. I just um, I didn't feel that that was going to be fair to them. Um, so I just literally made the leap with no work, um, with the confidence of my wife and her support. Um, at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of responsibilities financially. We didn't own a home yet, and we didn't really have any debt. So it was kind of a, hey, let's wing it. And I knew I had the confidence and faith that you know I could make it go. So it's certainly been challenging. It continues to be. Yeah. You know, there's peaks and valleys with business, but um, you know, it's I feel like we're always improving on a good path. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know you talked about your parents, and maybe you want to talk about them more. But name name a few people that have had a tremendous impact on you as a leader, as an entrepreneur, and uh, and talk about how they made that impact on your life. Well, a few of my clients, um, you know, I get paid uh, often to to learn, you know, and to advance my my knowledge and my wisdom in the business. And so, there's a few clients um, that have really um, been big influence, and I'll name a few of those. But I think. Business-wise, um, I owe a lot to some of my early employers, um, Fran Esteban, who continues to this day to be a, a, an influence on me. He's retired, but he's a pioneer in, in corporate branding and, and the art of corporate branding. And so we still get together uh, for breakfast and lunch and dinner at t- from time to time. He was a big – he was like a father figure to me um, and gave me a lot of cur- um, encouragement to take risks and uh, never really, be, you know, beat me up if I failed. And then consequently, I, I, I think I failed less because I knew I had that support. Um, another another individual was um, Jerry McNellis. And Jerry founded a process, uh, started a process called compression planning. And it's a tool that I use in my um, facilitation work. Uh, and we use it internally with our clients, but then we use it internally um, as a planning tool, as a team. And that was a pivotal, instrumental, transformative um, gift that I was given through Jerry McNellis. And he continues to be one of my top mentors. Hmm. Um, those two are probably the most instrumental in my business um, business life. Um, my parents, of course, were hugely 
um, instrumental in my life. Um, my father was a, you know, he quit school at ninth grade to work his family farm when my grandfather died, um, and met my mom and and they married young and he took the best job that came along because they were having children that are pretty even pace and um, so he never really got to educate himself beyond that ninth grade but he's one of the smartest men I ever knew hmm. and he had great street smarts and just common wisdom and, and uh, or intelligence and, and a wisdom about him um, and he was very strict very firm but very loving and um, so he gave me a lot of my personal confidence and, and my mom was the uh, educated one in the house and she um, she raised us six kids firmly and and didn't take mediocrity for um, an answer and so she she wasn't going to let her kids kind of slide through uh, the cracks so she um she was a great encouragement continues to be today and now with our with our kids and all of her grandkids she continues to to pass on that gift yeah that's great the the professional mentors you had i'm just, just out of curiosity i mean is that something when you were at those firms you pursued you're like wow i see greatness in these people i want to spend time with them or is it something that naturally developed or did they take an interest in you yeah I, that's a great question i i um i had the conviction to get into these great firms and i offered to work for peanuts oh. uh for a three-month period to lower their risk on me uh, taking oh, wow. a chance on me and because i knew you know, I, whatever it took it, it was worth it i waited tables in the evenings uh, I wanted to learn from the masters, and so um, that got me that got my foot in the door in a few firms, and it really gave me a, a chance to accelerate my career and my knowledge. Um, so, you know, we, I even continue to do that today with clients, where we charge a fee, but we start with a small project and encourage them to consider that an insurance plan. Like, hey, um, this will reduce your risk in us taking a risk with us, and uh, give us a chance to prove ourselves. So, you know, it's more of a win-win that way. Yeah, I love that. I love, I've never heard someone talk about mentoring like that. But I have definitely pursued um, direction and feedback and, and advice from people that I admire and respect who've been down the wall a road or been through those walls. It, it really helps to um, accelerate your, your learning that way. And, I, I mean, this is a general growth question, but I guess I can combine a few into one. What are, what are things you could do to continue to grow uh, and develop as a leader, as an entrepreneur? And specifically, and again, it sounds like you learn from all different ways. You learn from your clients. You learn from mentors. Uh, are you a reader? What books influence, in you, influence you? Do you go to conferences a lot? I mean, how do you learn and grow? And, and if you do have any resources, books, et cetera, what would you recommend? Um, I, I definitely am um I think a lifelong learner. I, I'm always, um, I go through stages. I look for, I think I have a pretty good filter for finding what's good and um, kind of sniffing out what isn't and focusing on one thing from a strength building standpoint um, and chunks. So, I mean, it's like there may be a three-year period where I'm going to work this thing and really nurture it and build it um, as opposed to, I don't read a lot of books, um, but most of what I read is business books, um, you know, books like Good to Great, uh, The Lexus and the Olive Tree, um, things about organizational performance and how to communicate ideas and how to uh, motivate people because uh, that's a big part of what we do in communication is to basically help, help leaders sell a vision. So usually what I'm reading is around those topics. Um, or it's children's storybooks and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> but our, yeah. kid, our, our five-year-old um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've invested in certain programs over the years. Leaders Collaborative is one, you know, where I wanted to try to, you know, build my faith in, in, in the work that I do, try to, try to focus um, and be more Christ-centered in, in the work that we do, make better decisions on who I work with and, and how we do what we do. Um, compression planning and Jerry McNellis was a huge investment that's paid off for me from a learning standpoint and from a capability standpoint. Um, I invested in a, a program for years called Strategic Coach, where I went away every quarter, and it, it was a, a life-changing experience for me as an entrepreneur. Um, so it, it, they go in cycles. Uh, like it's usually like every three years. It's like it's like that's what strategy strategy takes three years mm-hmm. to pan out. You know, when you make a strategic decision as a business, it's really about three years until you know. If, if you hit the nail on the mark, right? Or, or sometimes, unfortunately, that you know we're off track and the strategy isn't panning out. So, like, I look at these moves from an educational standpoint or growth standpoint as like three-year goals. Like, it may not feel like it's working in the early stage, but that's what I think all good investments are. It's like the return is smaller in the beginning. That's awesome. Um, can you talk about one or two of your greatest leadership failures and uh, what you learned from them? And you may not be thinking of this example, but I would like you to add this one as well. I know we talked about this afternoon. We were talking about how you actually got laid off, and it was one of the best things that ever happened to you. I, I think that's really encouraging for young leaders to realize, hey, it's okay to fail and things. So if you could share maybe another example and then maybe talk about that one a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a great point. There, I heard a saying once, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Mm-hmm. And so I think entrepreneurism is a, is more about failing and, and than it is about success. Because that's, you know, I, I always remember how um, Babe Ruth led the league in strikeouts, right? But he also led the league in home runs. And the point is, is that he wasn't afraid to swing hard. And um, I think that, you know, that's how we learn. We learn, like, like test and roll, um, what worked, what didn't. And so sometimes I tend to want to be a perfectionist and make it just so. And 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 oftentimes entrepreneurs are the biggest parking brake on their organizations because they're perfectionists and they're detail freaks and um, triple redundant type of people. And, um, you know, what I've learned from a lot of my successful clients is, um, you know, um, 80% is okay. You know, that's keep working at it and and hone as you go that's great um talk, tell us a little bit about your company and what what your organization does yeah so clear brands is um often it's it's pretty often just categorized under the marketing umbrella that's how clients categorize us um but what i'm often told by our clients is you know we're far more of a, just a strategy advisor mm-hmm. Um, and that marketing is kind of the back-end packaging and commodity of what we do. So the the thing that we are hired for the most is what we've t- termed as the single now advantage. And it's really helping companies who are um, competing in kind of a sea of sameness. And they're more and more increasingly being um, compared to competitors. And there's a lack of differentiation. And so, you know, cost pressures mount and... Um, price pressures mount and what we do is help them to lower a lot of the parity points that they claim as value propositions or features or benefits and leave the one that really resonates with their soulmate customer and that one nail makes a very deep impact 
um, with, a, with a small but very profitable part of the market. So it's really about teaching them to, hey, let go of all this stuff you're kind of okay at and invest and innovate and engineer new ways of leveraging your single nail, what you're really great at. And we help them to package that and to uh, bake it into their marketing, their communications, but also into their innovation practices uh, and then to help them to um, collect or create intellectual property around that and to ultimately create new revenue streams, more newer and more profitable revenue streams based on that strength. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone, I read a lot of your reviews on LinkedIn of your company. Darren Grove said you're an absolute genius. I mean, wh- what's the process? I mean, yeah. how do you... Uh, well, you know, how do you um, help people find their one now? Darren's Darren's the genius. I mean, uh, we love working with smart clients like Darren, and you know, so you know, the process we took with Darren was quite simple. It was, you know, Darren was very open and honest and told the truth, and that you know, like we do good work, but we don't know how to speak our business. Um, we lose a lot of proposals. We invest tremendous time in a lot of writing of proposals, and as you know, you know, in the uh, software and IT space there's a lot of competition there particularly companies who send business offshore and so there's a very price pressure challenge to win business in that space and what we the process was to take his key team off site for two days to zero in on um, a task a topic Um, and it was really identifying their dna as a company and matchmaking them with their soulmate customer in the market and helping them to communicate that effectively. So with Darren's firm, we helped them to really see what they really got up and came to work for in the morning and what their soulmate really wanted them for. And that was really to enable uh, enable innovation in their organization. They didn't have the talent and the team of master skills that Darren's firm has. And so it really gave him the clarity and the confidence to rally his team around that single nail. And uh, then we help them to package uh, Idea Launch, which is a really unique and powerful first-step engagement that they offer to their customers. So that got them out of writing these big proposals and losing a lot of them. And um, so they were doing less free consulting and more um, faster conversion of a prospect into a client. Hmm. And they've done... He's been wonderful with really focused way of driving his team uh, on that single now and they've made great strides since we've worked together and can I mean can anyone I mean could nonprofits churches even individuals benefit from your process that you take people through yeah of course I mean we um, we helped camp Conaqui which I sit on the board at it's a wonderful camp up north here and um, you know they were competing with 10,000 camps in this country in a, a slow economy and really not knowing how to speak their business, how to communicate their strengths. Uh, they would say a lot of the things that you could get anywhere, canoeing, overnight camping, friend, you know, making friends. And what we helped them to realize is that one of the biggest jobs that kids in this country struggle with is self-esteem. And we said, hey, we, we, we breathe confidence into them that you can own that. You have the people, you have the processes, you have the venue. Uh, if you just focus your organization and beco- have the peace in your mind to know that you're not for everyone, we think you can make great strides in becoming the, the like the masters and gurus of confidence in kids. And so consequently, you know, they they really know how to speak their business today. 
Um, when someone asks them, what do you do? They say, did you know that a girl's self-esteem peaks at age nine and takes a nosedive? Hmm. So they're beginning conversations with check writers. Their check writers are moms who value self-esteem building in their child. And uh, so they can tell people, hey, we run a 500-acre wooded retreat where kids learn the four secrets to growing up with self-esteem. And we're helping them to understand that you can, you can ultimately package that and license that camp program to other camps who don't have a differentiator. So that's down the road for them, but um, that's a nonprofit. We've also helped uh, churches. Uh, one in particular is Allison Park Assembly of God working with Jeff Leake, who's a wonderful pastor and a great entrepreneur, um, very entrepreneurial. Um, he, he, his challenge was we have a great growing congregation, but not everyone really knows everything that they can become active in at our church, and we need to communicate that to them. We need to rally them around an idea, and so we help them create a theme called Big Life, and it's really, they've run with it masterfully, and I know you use that word a lot, but it's it's really describes, you know, the passion and the focus and and the energy that great entrepreneurs like a pastor like Jeff Leake or a director like Zach Hoffman at Camp Conoquy or a leader like Darren Grove, you know, we love working with entrepreneurs who are able to take that ball and really run and execute with excellence. Hmm. So, so funny interesting enough, talk about individuals. So. If you were to encourage or coach someone in their 20s or young leaders who are trying to find their one nail in life, what what advice would you give to them to, to work through that process over time? Yeah, it, it, it's, a t- it's a challenging thing to do, but the way to, to, to learn it is, is that it's within you. You don't create it. You only hone it. So God has given each of us a gift. I was fortunate to find mine and, and not feel lost or in this eternal search for what I'm great at. Some people find it sooner than others. Some people, unfortunately, never find theirs. And I think that's a haunting thing. But, you know, um, when we find the single nail in a company, it's a little more complicated than this. But essentially, we we try to explain it that what is your unique ability, where you feel in your glide pattern, where you feel the most energized, and... That resides at the intersection of a job that someone is struggling with that you can help by using that unique ability. Now, that's still a little fuzzy, but that's the starting point. Mm -hmm. And we try to take an outward look and start to peel away the onion to get to that that core. And it's a process. And so, you know, career coaches try to help people with that. Um, But there's a disappointing... Statistic. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's like in the 80% of people don't want to go to work Monday morning mm-hmm. because they they wake up one day and they find that they're not happy in their work. So there's lots of tools out there that people can use to start to kind of zero in, you know, like Strengths Finder, um, you know, Purpose Driven Life, um, you know, the Colby Index, which is a wonderful you know instrument to know what your where your strengths are and your energy is when you're working. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, what's been the most challenging uh, thing in starting and running your own business? Well, when you start your own business, you, you tend to do it all. So um, finding balance, um, keeping your eye on what's important, um, having structure and discipline, it's, it's, it's difficult um, 
to, to do that, especially when you're ADD and, you know, um, you're just easily distracted by the day-to-day, you know, drive-by um, disruptions, everything, right? So I think mastering those those disciplines around knowing what's important now and, and how to budget your time properly. Um, then practical things like, you know, when you're starting out, cash flow is, t- is king in a business, and cash also equals confidence. When you have m- cash flowing and you have money in the bank, you have the confidence to make um, you know, bolder decisions with the clients you want to take on or the kind of work you want to take on. So, you know, cash is king in a business and, and getting that straightened out is the name of the game. Um, and then having smart people around you, you know, hiring, hiring people, uh, that are smarter than you, um, that sometimes may make more than you as the entrepreneur. You get, you make a lot of sacrifices to build a team. Um, and you know, I think that's probably the key is cash is king and and surround yourself with, with great people, um, treat them well, and, um, you know, know who shouldn't be there anymore if you made the wrong decision that, you know, make the decision to move them forward in their career if they're not a good fit and not allow that to hold you back or hold back the company. That's great advice. Um, I heard you You were actually talking about Camp Conway. I thought this was interesting. You said they had to realize that their camp's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with individuals, nonprofits, et cetera, how often do you find that their focus is just out of whack, that they're focusing on way too much? I know I, you talked about ADD. I tend to do that. Okay. I focus mm-hmm. on, how, I mean, do you find that, that be the, uh, that's the biggest challenge that the people you work with are facing? They're trying to do too much? Absolutely. Um, both companies, and I'm, I'm sure individuals, you know, I think it was Marcus Buckingham and Strengths Finder. I, someone had mentioned this years ago, and I thought it was, it was a epiphany for me. Um, and it was right. Uh, it was about our society and our schools and how we teach ourselves and have always taught ourselves, taught ourselves as a society to work on our weaknesses. But the sadness of that is, is what do you end up with at the end of your life? But a lot of strong weaknesses. Hmm. Now I think it's good that we work on certain number of weaknesses. But if you're not great in math and you weren't built for that, why struggle to get great at math when there's something else that you're, you're meant to be doing better and, or, or honing and improving? And there's a unique ability in there. So, you know, I think the biggest fear that companies have is we'll give up revenue opportunity. And, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is most organizations, when you look at them, when you pop the hood, 80% of their revenue and happiness comes from 20% of the customers that they, they serve. And the other 80% are, you know, are, um, you know, unprofitable, dissatisfying clients. So I think the name of the game is to say, who are those 20%? Why do we love them? How can we, um, duplicate them and, and reduce the number of clients that, we're not doing our unique ability. We're not doing our great work. So that comes through the focus. Hmm. The 20% are the ones where usually your single nail, your strength resides. That's good. Um, any Anything else that you'd want to say to, to entrepreneurs out there or, or young leaders as far as business and things? I, I want to close with a few personal questions, but yeah. any other advice? I've been learning recently from a great entrepreneur um, whose philosophy is um, set a goal. And then don't be afraid to go to the top bright minds 
in the world to get advice and wisdom on how to push that goal forward. He has always had the courage and a fearlessness to go to the gurus in the world to get advice. And those have opened so many doors and have helped accelerate his growth and his success in life. And, you know, I wish I'd known that a little sooner, but I still have a ways to go. So I have an opportunity to to practice that Hmm. and not be afraid to, if I'm struggling with a subject, to go to someone who's a guru at that. And, you know, if you don't get the answer from them, they very well may give you, um, you know, an introduction to someone who can. I liked how you said the courage because I find as young leaders it can be very, very intimidating. I mean, even being here today inside. I mean, it's intimidating to go to maybe people older than us further ahead in the journey. Uh, is that a thing you struggle with? I mean, even the clients that you work with, I'm sure you work with high-end leaders. I mean, was that is that something you still you go in a little nervous or is that something you had to grow through and just be like, hey, I'm just going to go for it? I think some people some people are just born with that. They immediately cut to the chase and get go to the masters, right? Um, and then there's others of us who aren't that smart, like myself, who who stew in the problem or or wrestle and wrangle with it and try to solve it ourselves because we're stubborn. So I think it's a it's a it's a smart thing for some people to just know how to leapfrog the problem and get to the solution by doing that. So. I just have to be more aware of that and present in my mind that, like, hey, this is a problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut three years out of this struggle and get to the, the guru and get answers, right? And I think, too, just surrounding yourself with those kind of people, hiring them if you can yeah, or subcontracting them if you can to help accelerate your growth as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a company. That's great. All right, we'll close with a few personal questions. Uh, these are some, these can be some tough ones. What do you want your your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? That is a tough one. I, I you know I don't have a uh, a crystal clear description of that. Other than you know I hope to just be considered by f- my friends and my family as a great man. I, I you know that's the best way I can describe my father, and he's a great role model. Mm-hmm. So you know if if uh, I have no aspirations to be known um, in my industry as some master or guru. I just, in the end, what's important to me is family, and, and I made an impact in the lives of the people that I knew. That's excellent. And where do you see yourself 20 to 30 years from now? Well, you know, I certainly see myself with my wife, and we're doing more and more together. I, I think... Um, I, I have a vision of us fly fishing on streams and, and you know, setting goals of places we want to go see and people we want to spend more time with. Um, I think spending more time giving back through our talents. Um, um, I have an independent team who's working largely without me, um, who's running a great company and making a great contribution to uh, people who are trying to grow their companies. Hmm. That's awesome. And last question. I mean, any any closing advice for young leaders, just in general? If you were to speak yeah, to yourself I, 20 years ago, what would you tell yourself? It's a, it's a great question. It's a hard one. Um, I, I think the younger you are, the better it is to start a, an organization, a business. Um, the older you get, the deeper you get in obligations, financial obligations, 
family obligations. You, the more obligations you have, the less chance you, you are going to take risks. Uh, so, you know, there is definitely uh, a, a window, I feel. Um, I think anyone at any point in their life can do it. It's just more risk, you know, and so people um, are afraid to take greater risk. So if you're a young individual and you have a burning desire, you know in your gut that you're meant to do your own thing, uh, find a great advisor who's been there and done it and been through those walls um, and take their advice and get focused and work the plan. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Man, that was, I, that was awesome. I, uh, I wish it were, there was more wisdom behind that, but... Um, there's a ton of wisdom behind that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't invent any of it. I learned it from great people. I've, you know, it's like we we pass all these stories and advice down from generation to generation, and I've I've just had a great um, opportunity to work under great leaders. So, mm. well, thank you for investing in me and investing in everyone that, that listens to this podcast. That's my it. pleasure, Doug. Thanks yeah. for thanks. thinking of it. Great.